Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. She, senor. You know what it is, dimly lit room, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound, and hey everybody, kick off a brand new week of happiness, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. I don't know, the vid, I don't know, happiness, what happened, where's happiness? There's a little... You show me happiness. There's some sarcasm there. This is the post-happy world. <laughs> we live in a post-happy world. Wow. See, that's the sort of idiotic slogan-sounding statement that could get me a big-time newspaper job someday. We live in a post-happy world. You'd have That's not sophisticated enough. A post-joy world. I don't believe we'll ever have joy again. I'm looking at a headline up on the TV. Oh, man, that, that trumpet blasted right Tight there. as a drum right there. Nice job, band. So I'm looking up there. Wichita, Kansas, emerging as new virus hotspot. Well, uh, I have uh, relatives in that town. And uh, my niece, who was uh, sent home from work a couple weeks ago because uh, somebody tested positive at the restaurant she works at. And so she got a test, and she uh, came back negative. 
but she's been really sick the last three days, which she doesn't happen that often when you're 18. You know, you don't get really sick for three days when you're 18, like hardly ever. Um, and uh, so they're wanting to get another test and taking a couple of days before they're going to be able to get that accomplished before oh, yeah. to, to get a test because it ain't that easy to get a test. And then might take five, six, seven, eight days to get the results back. Depending on the kind of test you get, right? Yeah. It's Meanwhile, is, you've been shedding virus like a son of a gun if you got the vid. Uh, oh, oh, let me read you one paragraph. This is from, I believe, the Wall Street Journal. They did a long article about the coronavirus numbers from the weekend, which we'll get into later and all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> You know, our goal has got to be, as always, to try to bring some clarity to a bunch of the stories that happened over the weekend, because it's 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 so hard. And everybody is so deep down their road of advocacy. God, I have to go to like three, four newspapers to try to come up with a conclusion of what happened. Right. If there's a story. But anyway, right. um, their, their summarizing paragraph about the COVID was the upshot. More than five months after the first confirmed coronavirus death in the United States. So we're five months in since the first death. Feels like five years, but go on. Yeah. The virus is spreading throughout the country more quickly than ever, and some experts think the country has little to show for the hard work and economic costs incurred during the broader lockdown in the spring. Did we get much for our $9 trillion that we spent? Might not be much. Might not be anything, it turns out, in the long run. Yeah, it's hard to say. We flattened the curve. Whether the curve would have been flat enough anyway, we don't know. Or it's getting unflat and we would have just gotten there sooner without spending $9 trillion. Although, remember, the realism, the the perfectly reasonable realism at the beginning was we can't overwhelm the hospitals. Right. That evolved into we've got to prevent every case. We got to prevent every illness, which you know is noble as far as it goes, but it's just wildly unrealistic. I think, um, and and now maybe we're back to look. It's too brutal and costly to try to prevent every illness. We have to go back to flattening the curve. Um, just as a philosophy, as a motivator. Seven states set death records last week. Not cases, but deaths. Okay. Seven states. Now you got my attention. Yeah. The the case stuff, I, I don't even listen to. I don't, the, the, the fact that the, the media hits you with those headlines is just, what the freaking, what, do you, what are you up to? What are you yeah, trying, no. what, why don't you give me some information? It's like setting, uh, uh, citing rather a uh, uh, voluntary click internet poll. Do you think the president's doing a great job, yes or no? You might as well, it's not randomized, it's not statistically valid, you got wildly varied levels of testing, it's just idiotic. Right. And um, yet, and yet, to point that out, as we have, is, is a revolutionary, you know, thing to do. Nobody's talking about that. Nobody wants to admit that. Well, there has been some rise in testing, but that doesn't explain that. Yeah, okay, you've all heard this before. It's just frustrating. Like you say, you've got to do so much homework to even get a realistic idea of what's going on. Well, the big headline over the weekend was that Florida broke the single-day record for the number of cases out there, broke New York's record. Well, you got to point out that uh, the um, percentage of people coming back testing positive is way lower than it was in New York at the time. So it's, it's, not, it's not as close to the kind of crisis that it was in New York. They've right. got that many more tests. Mm-hmm. You, you just you have to look into it. Well, and tell me this. As, as a human being who doesn't want to be dead, and I think there's a fairly large coalition of us. Uh, or any of my family members. Well, well, right. Certainly not. I would like to know, okay, of those cases in Florida, what is the age distribution? How severe do the cases seem to be? 
are they 75%, uh, 30 years old and under folks who seem to be fine and we're surprised they've got the vid? Just why, why can't we get a little more data? Uh, yeah. a, a much more clear picture. I mean, it's just so blurry. So your 14-day rolling average, remember um, a week or so ago, we were talking about how cases were up 90%, but deaths were down 20%. Uh, what gives? Well, here's your 14-day rolling average now. Cases are up 50%, but deaths are up 25%. So the deaths are starting to climb. Um, are are they going to start matching those cases here in the next week or so? Well, that's the direction it's going right now. And again, seven states set death records last week, which is not good. Yeah, that's interesting because I'm looking at the national statistics and we're still way, way, way down from the peak. We are. Uh, we're probably at something a little under 700 when the peak was uh, 2,300. But the rolling average is up 25% when it was down even a week ago. So we'll see where we end up. But uh, it ain't good. It definitely ain't good. And I sure hope it is not true that five months and $9 trillion in, we've uh, not accomplished much. It's worse than it's ever been. Uh, I hope that's not true. Well, What's frustrating to me, I hate to go on the record saying anything, because at some point, and I pray it's six months, but it might be a year or five years or 10 years. We will look back and it will be clear, you know, fairly clear what should have happened, could have happened. You know, what was inevitable, what wasn't. And we just have no clue now. So you really risk sounding like an idiot, um, you know, in the midst of this. And, and I, I have a fair amount of sympathy for our uh, fathers and mothers in the halls of power. Because they they have to be at least partially feeling at least partially blinded too. They don't know what to what to do or what to expect. Everybody's guessing. Anyway, we'll uh, bring you up to speed on a bunch of different things. Trump's big pardon. Uh, what's going on with China, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, back to the whole. Uh, oh, that, we got to introduce everybody on sure. the squad. Come on, priorities. <laughs> Let's well, introduce the vid. Will still be here. Unfortunately, in ten minutes. God, will it still be here in ten months? I don't know. I was asking a buddy over the weekend. All right. Wednesday, we ought to have a pool on the show. Give me the date of the next time in the United States there is a sports game played with more than 10,000 people in the stands. Give me that date. Will it be April 1, 2021, opening day of baseball? Will it be some golf tournament in July? Will it be the year 2029? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I remember in March, April, whenever it was, somebody canceled something for the rest of 2020, and I thought, Really? Premature. It's crazy. Yeah. Canceling for the rest of the year. Well, now it seems, are we going to have schools open at all? I didn't, I didn't think it was a question that my kids would be going to school next year for the next year. That's a completely a question. Anyway, let's introduce everybody and get going. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, pretty good. I guess the uh, Washington Redskins are going to change their name today. They're going to have some big announcement. Oh, they, they picked but the I name? Yeah, but I haven't heard yet, so... Well, that's kind of exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, well, the, just the, trying to get off COVID, trying to. Well, then you went back to it, back to race relations. Trying <laughs> oh, to get off the go. COVID oh, thing and get through NFL fun. Let's relax and hate each other based on the <laughs> right. color of our skin. Well, this show intro was a bust. I I do like the uh, the worn out old joke that the name the Washington Redskins it obviously contains a word that fills people with horror and disgust. And so they are changing the name to the Virginia Redskins. Hey now, oh, 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 oh. 
good one, sir. Uh, and there were a whole bunch of uh, people and things getting canceled over the weekend. More of those crazy stories. Oh, for goodness sakes. Uh, they're just amazing. Anyway, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh was a great weekend for movies. There were two movies that dropped uh, this past weekend. Both of them uh, originals of the streaming platform they uh, they run on. Uh, both of these movies were absolutely the sort of thing that I would have gone out to the theater to see, uh, you know, in the back when that was a thing. Um, but the first one on Netflix is called The Old Guard. The stars uh, Charlize Theron. This is uh, both of these movies are rated R, not for the younglings. Uh, this is an action movie. A covert team of immortal mercenaries. Stop! I'm all in. <laughs> immortal <laughs> mercenaries. I'm, 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 I'm oh, Kobe, yeah. Make I'm all, a movie I, for adults. I don't need to finish reading that. It's rated R. It is for adults, Joe. Uh, and uh, the other one, Palm Springs, is a comedy starring Andy Samberg. And I feel the the less you know about this movie going in, the better. There you go. Uh, but it is it is wonderful. I, I loved it. And a, a what lot. platforms? That uh, one? Oh, that one's on Hulu. Sorry, Hulu. the Hulu. I don't have the Hulu. I don't think I had it up until recently, but I wasn't using it enough, so mm. I canceled it. But cancel culture. <laughs> I, I, had, I think that's something I, different. I had too many things, too many <laughs> subscriptions, so I had to cancel some of them. Oh yeah, that reminds me. I don't know if I should do this on air or off, but. I got a little email from the good folks at Apple. Shout out to Apple. Beautiful Cupertino, California. Are they still the most uh, valuable company on earth? Uh, Comes and goes day to day with Amazon. Maybe next week. We'll see. Uh, But I saw a charge for $5.99, a monthly charge for such and such uh, plus service. And I thought, I've never signed up for that. I asked Judy. She hadn't. Texted all the kids. Nobody had any idea what I was talking about. Hmm. But we're getting hit six bucks a month. And trust me, I don't want to name it for reasons that will, well, I just don't want to name it. Um, But trust me, I would know if I signed up for this. Very strange. Hmm. How come you don't want to name it? Uh, Because maybe we work for them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to raise any dust. We don't work for Pornhub. <laughs> Kinks Plus. What the? <laughs> I, uh, I do a little weekend work with them, just um, uh, consulting on their audio. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, how did it already get to be Monday, July the thirteenth, the year twenty twenty? We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. You know what I ought to do? There's no need for it anymore because there's plenty. But writing music for porns that would be a satisfying. Is there, is there music in? Pornography now? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Why was there ever? I I don't know that either. Mm. Helps sets the mood. Let's be uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, same reason there's uh, music in any cinema, Sean. Okay. Right? Mood center. All right. Let's begin the show officially now. According to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark. The week before that, you tweeted in all caps, seriously, people stop buying masks. You said they were not effective. Do you regret saying that? Well, it's important for people to understand that once upon a time, we prescribed cigarettes for asthmatics and leeches and cocaine and heroin for people as medical treatments. When we learn better, we do better. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. What? I thought that was quite an answer from the was Surgeon General the yesterday. The Surgeon General. Yeah, man, he does not inspire uh, confidence. He used to use leeches. Uh, wait, a, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> That's one of the most extraordinary things I've ever heard. That's what I thought. That was on Face the Nation yesterday. What? 
Yeah. That, that was, was the, just a few months of leeches. Well, it's important for people to understand that once upon a time, we prescribed cigarettes for asthmatics and leeches and cocaine and heroin for people as medical treatments. <laughs> when we learn better, we do better. Oh, okay. Sure, yeah. <laughs> moving on from leeches, moving on from not masks to masks. Right. That's a good comparison there. That doesn't sound at all like a guy who's just absolutely caught in an idiotic you know, policy statement. <laughs> oh, that's great. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's crap. It's crap like everything else is crap. No, I think it's okay. We've lost the ability to print, so I got it all laid out. I think we're ready to go. Okay. And it's the end of joy. Is that what we've uh, determined? We're living in a post-joy world. <laughs> Fantastic. Armstrong and Getty. takes on the NBA for their idea of putting uh, political messages on the back of their jerseys. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit later on the whole sports front. Okay. They're supposed to start here in a couple weeks, right? Chuck always has an independent and thoughtful take and often hilarious mailbag. Woohoo! Hello, there's not a lot of hilarity these days. We're living in a post-hilarity world, Jack. <laughs> Jeez. Post-fun world. That is funny, oddly enough. Ian from Tijuana sending along a great freedom-loving quote of the day. I was going to continue along our uh, series with Thomas Sowell, but we'll do that tomorrow. I love this. Bill Vaughn said this. He's a writer. If there's anything the nonconformist hates more than a conformist, it's another nonconformist who doesn't conform to the prevailing standard of nonconformity. There you go. So true. So true. Another frequent correspondent, uh, Turlock Holmes. <laughs> I believe that to be a nom de bloom. Uh, he has a bunch of stuff to say. Let's get on to the truth grenade you guys are throwing around. Returning to the, you're returning to using the term puritanical. You like that? Visit, revisit the horrifying past of puritanical movements and how this leads to gruesomeness. Keep hammering blasphemy laws. We're talking about if you say the wrong thing these days, no matter your intent, no matter your feelings, no matter your character, no matter your history as a human being, if you blaspheme, you will be ruined. At least we're not stoning people to death yet in the United States. Although one gal was beaten to death by a mob the other day. The media is not talking about it, but perhaps we will. Keep hammering the fact that in the Soviet Union, North Korea, China, etc., there's only one party and how... Uh, the idea to have just one party is very popular uh, these days. And and maybe it's my party, maybe it's your party, but, uh, yeah, people are comfortable with that idea, which is which is terrible. Uh, let's see. Well, I suppose that's enough. He has, has a lot to say. Uh, yeah, okay, that's enough of that. Uh, moving along again, I apologize. Uh, wasn't able to print. This is a great editorial. I don't have time to read it. It's about two kids from the same neighborhood, one of whom grows up to be an NFL star. Another kid, not so fast, not so big, not so strong, uh, enlists in the Army in their different lives and their different attitudes. And then the whole kneeling uh, during the anthem, mm. the two attitudes about it. And it's uh, very good. We'll post it at armstrongandgetty.com. It's moving. Powerful. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. David French and Charles Barkley should get to hang out more often and talk politics. That's a former Hall of Fame basketball player. No, he's a current Hall of Fame former basketball player. There you go. Uh, Charles Barkley, and then a, perhaps you don't know him, uh, right-wingish conservative Christian thinker who said the same things over the weekend about all the energy from the whole we need to reform the police. We've got a problem with racial justice stuff. All the energy now is going into nonsense. Nonsense, either virtual, sig- virtual signaling or nitpicking stupid little things. I've got so many examples I can bring you. For instance, the more... Let, let me just throw this in. Oh, gigantic policy proposals that have nothing to do with policing or racism. 
I've got so many examples of this I can hit you with. People having to step down from their their boards or uh, businesses being attacked or whatever or this sort of thing. McDowell Colony drops the word colony. Now, I'd never heard of the artist's retreat called McDowell Colony, but it's been around since 1907, and some of the, the greatest uh, writers and thinkers in American history have gone to this, like, in-the-woods retreat. Have you mm. ever heard of a artist colony or a nudist colony? The word, sure. The word colony gets used in a lot of things. It's got nothing to do with oppression. It just means it's, outpost. Well, well, well the, the, the actual dictionary definition's got to do with a group of people getting together, blah, 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 but whatever. Right. Um, it's got nothing We're to do with dropping colony. But they dropped the word colony <laughs> Is this under, great, whole... under great pressure from artists who said they would no longer retreat there. The whole colonizers thing? Is yeah, that what, exactly. Oh but see, this sort of... <laughs> Stupid direction for energy isn't accomplishing anything. I know it. I and, know it, uh, and, I, and I'm kind of liking it. <laughs> and Charles Barkley, the basketball player, talked a little bit about that with the NBA, which is starting here in a couple of weeks. Well, I think what's happening now, uh, is it, we turn it into a circus. Uh, you know, we're going to spend all our time, instead of talking about racial equality and racial justice and economic justice, we spend all our time worried about who's kneeling and who's not kneeling. Uh, what what things are being said on buses, uh, what's being said on jerseys, I think we're missing the point. Uh, we need uh, police reform, we need prison reform, uh, and we need uh, those are number two, one and two things we need to focus on. Uh, we need the cops, we need the good cops out there policing the bad cops. Like I say, we need obviously we need police reform and prison reform, but the media, you know, we all got a job to do. And they're going to spend all their time on what's on somebody's jersey and what's on the buses and who's kneeling and who's not kneeling. And that's going to defeat the purpose. My concern is just turning this thing into a circuit instead of trying to do some good stuff. Last week, the NBA announced the players playing in the Orlando bubble will be allowed to wear pre-approved social justice-related messages in place of their last names on their jerseys. And I'm out. Phrases like Black Lives Matter, I Can't Breathe in Equality are some examples. Charles Barkley went on to say, sports used to be a place where fans could go and get away from reality. Uh, people just lost their jobs, and the last thing they want to do is turn on their television to hear arguments about stuff all the time. It's going to be very interesting to see how the public reacts. Well, I can tell you how a lot of the public's going to react. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when it comes down to this editorial I was talking about, it's an essay in, uh, advocating a boycott of the NFL. Um, and, and the long and short of it is, as he contrasts the two boys who grew up in the same neighborhood, one who was big, strong, and fast, became a football star, the other enlisted in the Army, and their differing feelings about the flag and kneeling and, and the rest of it. But it ends up with saying, essentially, uh, you know, we admire you guys. We, we buy the tickets. We watch you on TV. We, we wear the jerseys. We marvel at your skill. We love to watch you play. Um, and you have the absolute right to express yourself, but we have the absolute right to not watch if you're going to make this political and divisive and uncomfortable. And to me, it's the difference between if you're an NFL player, you absolutely have the right to advocate whatever you want, say whatever you want, but not at work on Sunday. I just don't think you do any more than you all, me, him, uh, should be making strenuous political statements to our coworkers all the time. Or to our customers. Can you imagine that? You're in a paint store. Guy walks in, he needs five gallons. I say, only if you're down with Trump. I'd be fired that minute. <laughs> they'd, they'd grab me by the scruff of the neck and hurl me out the front door. 
that stuff is supposed to not be in the workplace, for good or ill. Yeah. Either way. So, and it's not, the point of this was not about sports, although I'm excited about the uh, the NBA coming back in a couple of weeks, but it's just one of the many places that I think the, uh, the, 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 the conversation is going to be all around half the board of the National Book Critics Circle Award stepped down last week. Because they put out a statement in support of Black Lives Matter, but some of the people thought it didn't go far enough, and then started claiming that this board has always been a white supremacist organization. Oh, boy. So a whole bunch of the board said, whatever, I'm out. <laughs> so I don't need this. <laughs> I don't need this. Yeah. I mean, so, so from NBA basketball to, to poetry foundations to writers' colonies to whatever you can come up with, I'm not sure these little particular things are doing anybody any good whatsoever. In fact, I'm pretty sure they're not. I uh, yeah, am probably doing the opposite. Right. I mean, all those people who stepped down from that board, I suppose some did it out of misplaced white guilt or whatever. Um, but a lot of them are thinking, hey, okay, I don't, I don't need this headache. And they became less engaged in any reasonable and useful conversation. But if some, but that's, you know, I've often said, I said to my children, we've talked about religion and, and, and people will bring up, do you think there's a God or blah, blah, blah. And then they'll, they'll talk about the, the flaws of the Catholic Church, for instance, the child rape and, blah, and whatever, or the hypocrisy of this group or the fundamentalism of this. And I've always said human beings can screw up anything. You put Homo sapiens in in the middle of anything, and they will mess it up, including the relationship between man and God. So that's just not good evidence to me. And so you have a, a handful of psychopaths and an uncertain number of racist cops, and everybody decides we got to do something about this. It's not it's not fair. It's not American. We can't have psychopaths kneeling on people's necks. We're in the, the the badge of our town or our city or whatever. We all agree. Gung ho! And three weeks later, it's just completely screwed up. Nobody knows. You got Marxists getting millions of dollars from giant corporations who are just saying, quick, write a check to Black Lives Matter. We got to look like we're down with the people. And so it's just become completely insane. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, the actress, tweeted over the weekend. Sure, this will be uh, elevating. In case you thought 2020 couldn't get any worse, Merriam-Webster just officially recognized irregardless as a word. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That uh, pleases me. That's pretty funny. Um, uh, did you hear? I'm just going through my notes because I got a lot of them from the weekend. The, the the bombshell that came out of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial on Friday. <laughs> is this about the, what was found in the bed? This is what uh, finally ended their marriage. I'm, she... I'm happy to say I missed this story over the weekend. <laughs> He said, what, so uh, the, the son in London wrote a story saying he's a wife beater. And because of the way their lives, laws work and everything like that, he's suing them. Yes. And now they're having a big, giant court case in which he's there testifying every day. And his ex-wife is, too. And it's just gotten crazy. But anyway, the last straw, apparently, when he decided we got to get a divorce is when she, out of anger, he claims, pooped their bed. Oh, boy. Oh, my. Now, that's a gesture. <laughs> now, I saw the headline that he gave her, a, uh, Amber Heard, a nickname because of this. Oh, no. But I don't... That, I, that I probably didn't that help confirmed. the relationship. No, no, no. No, it rhymes with her last name, though. Oh, Amber... Oh, my. Yes, those poor kids. I hope they can patch it up. <laughs> if they can't make it work, what chance do the rest of us have? <laughs> so... 
This was allegedly a protest on her part? Yeah, yeah. that's what he's claiming, that she was mad, and so she went and... Uh, I've never been that a, mad. Left him a gift in bed for I've some been reason. good and mad, but I've not been that mad. Bed pooping mad. I can't summon up that kind of anger what? on command anyway. Well, I'll show you. Yikes. Yes, this will... This will make my point and and help our relationship. I think I will. Exactly. I think you will truly understand my feelings about this issue when I defecate in our bed. Um, that's extraordinary. Oh, that's Again, funny. if drug-crazed Hollywood stars can't make it, who can? San Diego Mercury News with the headline, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, fought over poo left in bed. Thank you. That's the headline 2020 was missing. Well, it's hard to agree on the poo left in bed. You're going to have different points of view. That's true. That's true. <laughs> She's saying it never happened. Well, one's whatever. against it. One's ambivalent, it seems. Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. enough on that. Uh, she says it never happened at all. Correct. Uh, no evidence? I don't know. All right. Yeah. Okay. Moving along. Not then. following that closely. <laughs> moving along. Ah, boy. We'll get into some of the numbers on COVID across the country coming up. Uh, some of them that are uh, exaggerated. Some of them that probably aren't. And uh, who the frig knows where this is going. Oh, another example of how insane our college campuses are coming up. At some point, I'm going to have to work my way up to that. I just, I don't know. So much craziness. So um, Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone on Friday. Commuted his uh, sentence, and a lot formally, of, formally speaking. And a lot of people went went mad uh, over about it and went wild. And uh, the Wall Street Journal pointing out a couple of things in their editorial, the editorial board that I thought was really good. I'm curious to hear that. I know a lot of conservatives are pretty uncomfortable with the, uh, the commuting oh, of the sentence. They wish he hadn't, but they'd like to point out a couple of things about the history of presidents and commuting and pardons. No, this is totally is, unprecedented. Is being, uh, I heard that on MSNBC. There's never been anything like this in the history of the world or the universe, as far as we know. Well, that's not not uh, not accurate. I realize you were using a sarcastic tone of voice. I was. But, uh, picked right up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to leave a message in your bed because you're insensitive Sweet. to me, but now, okay. Clarify that story somewhat, among others, coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So this guy, Roger Stone, old guy, um, he uh, was going to go to jail for uh, three and a half years, prison, and uh, he's got a giant uh, Nixon tattoo on his back, right? <laughs> right there on his back. That's quirky. He's been doing uh, untoward things in politics for decades and decades and decades. And he He's got, a rat blanker. He got caught um, uh, lying under oath in a variety of things, and he was in trouble <laughs> my, for my it. My favorite description of him was, I, I believe it was uh, John Oliver described his fashion sense as business scoundrel. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good phrase. That is funny. Yeah. Uh, and um, mm-hmm. so Trump commuted his sentence on Friday, so now the guy's not going to. He was supposed to show up to prison tomorrow. Now he's going to not show up to prison at all. Hooray! Which is, uh, you know, exciting if you're him. Um, Mitt Romney, uh, among a, a small number of people uh, who, who at least out loud were unhappy about this in the Republican ranks, Mitt Romney tweeted, Unprecedented historic corruption. An American president commutes a sentence of a person convicted by a jury of lying to shield that very president. 
that's a pretty strong tweet, but I saw these headlines. Republicans are upset, too. And they'd use the Mitt Romney tweet and then say, and uh, well, that's kind of it. But <laughs> Mitt Romney, who hates Trump. Right. Um, and is trying to set himself up as the uh, never Trump uh, power broker slash leader. But I thought this was worth uh, pointing out. Since if you took in any news over the weekend, it was never ending on, on the left. And Nancy Pelosi uh, went on about it being a corruption at the highest level and this and that. And Adam Schiff and the usual uh, players in the whole Russian saga of pardons and presidents. This is from the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal. Say this for President Trump's commutation of Roger Stone's 40 month prison sentence late Friday. At least he did it during an election campaign so voters can add this to the ledger of character issues they take into the voting booth. That's a good point. Like everything else about his presidency, its scandals, real and imagined, are public. It is an excellent point, actually, because <laughs> a number of them we're about to uh, uh, mention here are done late at night, right before noon, January 20th. When nobody's paying any attention or can say a word about it, and you can't be held to account in any way. Yeah, that, that was my question, was how normal is it to do these things not on your last day of office? Not, or, not normal at all. Or even the day after the election. Right, right, If there's right. an urgency to it, yeah, just, you know, let's not do this until after the vote. But going on, as for cries of corruption and cronyism join the presidential club, Mr. Trump views the world in terms of political friends and enemies and the commutation rewarded a friend. That is an abuse of pardon power in our view, says the Wall Street Journal. Okay. I'm not happy that he did it either. I'd rather he didn't. But they go on to say, but we recall Bill Clinton's last minute January 2001 pardon of Susan McDougal who went to jail for contempt rather than tell prosecutors what she knew about Mr. Clinton's whitewater transactions. Worse, Mr. Clinton made public comments in the autumn of 96 that suggested Ms. McDougal could expect the pardon she received. That history is now whitewashed away by a press corps that talks as if the pardon power was a sacred trust before Mr. Trump took office. Sure, yeah, it's all nasty. So if you're hearing the stories that, uh, yeah, he... Stone had made it clear that if he does any prison time, he's going to release some nasty stuff for Trump, and Trump commuted his sentence. Well, that's exactly what Bill Clinton did with Susan McDougal McDougal and a bunch of his legal problems. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make it good or right. and it was decried by Republicans at the time. But don't act like it's never happened. Well, don't state over and over again unequivocally that it's never happened, like they're doing on the Alphabet Network. The Wall Street Journal goes on. Mr. Trump has also scored for not following... Justice Department protocol on pardons. But that's precisely what Mr. Clinton did in pardoning Mark Rich in 2001. Does anyone recall that Barack Obama commuted the sentence of an unrepentant Puerto Rican terrorist who had become a cause celeb on the political left and of Chelsea Manning, whose leaks jeopardized American troops and Afghan translators fighting the Taliban? Nancy Pelosi claims to be so upset by the stone commutation that she's considering legislation to restrict the president's pardon power. She surely knows that no Speaker of the House is above the law, which means Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution that makes the pardon power as close to categorical as anything in the great document means she can't touch it. But for some reason, she never introduced such a bill when Democratic presidents were pardoning their friends. Right, right. It's Uh, flaming hypocrisy. 
And listen, I'm not proud of this because Roger Stone, I'm sure, would would fill me with disgust and loathing were I to deal with him. I just don't like that kind of guy. On the other hand, I've become so cynical. Uh, so Roger Stone lied to Adam Schiff's committee, did he? Oh, I'm just uh, heartbroken over that. That festival of lies and dishonesty and deceit and Adam Schiff hinting, not hinting, stating darkly over and over, I have seen classified evidence that makes it infinitely clear that the Trump campaign colluded with Russia. And he lied the whole time. So the Got idea the smallest, that, thinnest neck I've ever seen. And him with his pencil neck. The fact that every Democrat on the committee could lie like rugs for months and months. I'm sorry, I just can't get outraged that Roger Stone said, no, nobody called me from Wikipedia. Wicca what? Never heard of him. Not Wikipedia, WikiLeaks. <laughs> Never heard of him. Forget about it. But as the Wall Street Journal points out, just to reiterate, they believe what Trump did on Friday is an abuse of the pardon power. They just say, let's not pretend that it doesn't get done on a regular basis. Right. By Republicans and Democrats. Right. So there you are, go. Are you That's serious? Well, yeah. Principles are like uh, jackets. They they take them off. They put them on. <laughs> Depends if they need them. It is something to do it a hundred days before a presidential election, though. Oh yeah. As opposed to wait until it's incredibly you know, ballsy. Well, it's partly because uh, old uh, Raj Stone is about to go to prison yeah, now. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, and he's an old man, and hey, he was worried say- about the vid. Right. Yeah, I'll bet he is. I wonder if Trump said to him, "Look, do six months. I'll pardon you in November." I guess that wouldn't even be six months. And uh, Roger said, oh, no, no, Mr. President, sir. Or does Trump just not give a damn? I don't think he thinks as much as you just did about it. Okay. I think. Fair enough. That's where I am currently. I don't know. <coughs> so listen, this is uh, disappointing news. Change the topic here. Not surprising, but disappointing. Uh, there are already fake COVID contract tracers scamming people. We haven't even oh. gotten the contact tracing up and running, really. You know, I could have way. fallen for that. I could have fallen for that. One. Yeah. If you if you if you'd have given me a an email or a phone call. Yeah, we'll tell you what they're saying and what the scam is in a little bit. But we're, we're with the on, we haven't COVID even tracing. gotten it started. Now there are people who are scammers. Where we believe you were in contact with a Jim Johnson who was uh, at the Shell. Oh boy, the Shell station. I've got a story about what happened at the gas station the other day. Oh really? Where I came as close as I've ever been to being in a hell of a fight. Oh boy. Uh, oh oh, ugly. Wow. Is it because you were squirting gas all over the place to cleanse it before you gas up? And it ends with the owner of the store yelling, This is what happens when you live in a state run by Democrats. Wow. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 